Um, today we're, we're here and we're going to keep moving through our series, No Zeros. Let me explain what we're talking about when we say no zeros. I know this is kind of a vague title. No zeros means that all of us as followers of Christ are meant to bear fruit. We're looking at John chapter 15. And when we talk about bearing fruit, we mean growing in character, we mean loving each other, and we mean building the kingdom. So nobody, there are to be no zeros. Say no zeros. No zeros. No zeros. There, the God's, God's plan is not that a few of us would do the work of building the kingdom. God's plan is not that a few of us would grow in our faith. God's plan is that every single one of us would bear fruit. And so our kind of key phrase through this whole series is that all followers of Christ are meant to bear fruit. That means you. That means me. We are called to bear fruit. There should be no zeros. So we're working through four C's that we find in John chapter 15. The first week we talked about the C, being connected. That the only way we can bear fruit is if we are connected to the true vine, which is Jesus Christ. If we're not connected, we will not bear fruit. We'll see that in the scripture in just a second. The most important thing you can do in your walk with Christ, the most important thing you can do as a Christian is stay connected to Jesus Christ. The second week, last week, we talked about the fruit of character, that as we stay connected to Jesus, we will grow in character. And we're going to go over the, the fruits of the Spirit later. We're going to read it again, but we will grow in character. We will be changed, so we shouldn't be the same people that we were two years ago if we're following Christ, if we're connected to Christ. And today, we're going to go from connected to the fruit of character to today talking about the fruit of conduct. As we grow in character, it should then be lived out in love. And then next week, we're going to cover conversion. The ultimate result of all this is that the kingdom is built when all of us, when there are no zeros, and we're all working together to bear fruit for the kingdom. Um, so, so I was thinking about this last night. What happens... So, so you've got a, a, you know, a fruit tree or a fruit vine and, and some good fruit grows on it. I remember um, when I was growing up, my grandparents lived in Florida and, they, um, and they, they had some orange trees in the back and I loved seeing the oranges on the trees. What happens if there is an orange tree and these beautiful oranges grow and nobody takes them and uses them or eats them? What happens? Anybody? They fall off, and they rot, and they die. So here's what I want to work on today, because we've talked about staying connected to the vine, and that when we're connected to the vine, there will be fruit of character. But listen, fruit is not meant just to make us look good. The fruit of character that we're talking about, being more joyful, being more peaceful, it's not just about us looking better. Being a follower of Christ is not just about being different from everybody else. Fruit has a function, and that function, it serves a purpose. And the function of the growth of character, the fruit of character, is that we would grow in conduct or in love. So stand with me. We're going to read John chapter 15. We're going to go all the way to verse 13. Some of this you will have heard the last couple of weeks if you've been here. 
John 15 says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much, say much, much fruit. Not a little bit. Much. If we stay connected to the vine, we will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, say much, much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus goes on. This is where we were last week. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You guys can have a seat. So there's this progression we remain in him. Jesus says, remain in my love. How do you remain in, in his love? You follow his commands. What is his command? Love each other as he has loved us. We are called to Christ-like love. So this, this passage, this whole concept is a very simple concept. What, today's message is a simple message. What you are called to do is love others. That's simple. We make all these rules up, all these different things. If you will love others the way that Jesus loves you, it'll all be covered. It's that simple. But it's also really difficult because Jesus says, love each other as I have loved you. How many of you know that it's difficult to love others the way that Jesus loves us? Anyone? If you know me, you know it's difficult because I'm hard to love. Yeah. So verse 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Now we talked about this verse last week. And I, I told you this, and I want you to hear it again today. You are loved more than you will ever know. You are loved. Jesus loves you the way his father loved him. Then he says, remain in my love. And this is where it gets kind of tricky. I'll, I'll be honest with you and tell you I struggle a little bit with, the, with understanding this sometimes. It says, remain in my love. The way that you remain in my love is by following my commands. You know how I sometimes am tempted to, to uh, translate this or to view this? That if we want to be loved, we have to follow his commands. 
That's not what Jesus is saying. Let me be very clear with you that Jesus loves you whether you obey or not. Jesus' love does not change based on your obedience. He says, remain in my love. You remain in my love by following my commands. That doesn't mean if you don't follow my commands, I stop loving you. It means you need, to, I'm going to continue to love you. You need to remain in that love. So, so let me give you an example of how this works. Um, there are phases to parenting. It's Father's Day, so I'm going to talk about being a father. I've got four boys. And there are phases of growth in my, in my sons that I've seen. Um, so there's the infant years, maybe the first year, year and a half. These are not my years. Anybody agree with me? Like, I'm just not into the, the like, first year. I, I love all my children. I held them. I changed their diapers. Uh, they spit up on me. I'd rather change a diaper any day than get spit up on. That's disgusting. <laughs> but the first phase is the infant phase where it's pretty much all you caring for them. And maybe occasionally you get a smile or a little laugh and you enjoy that. But, but like, that's not my phase. Then they get into the phase where they start interacting with you. This is when it gets fun. Where they start to like, you know, play with you and they start to talk with you and they, they learn to walk. And, and for boys, at least for me as a father, my sons went from the, hey, take care of me all the time phase. I'm going to make you change my diaper and throw up on you all the time to, hey, I want to wrestle. I want to have fun. I want to interact with you. And this is a great phase. And then my favorite phase is what I call the daddy phase. And that's when the boys are old enough that all they wanna do is be with their daddy. And, and this comes at different ages. Sometimes this is age two. Uh, one of my boys is turning, I mean, he just turned six. And I think I can say we're moving into the daddy phase. And that's a great phase. I love to just, it's so great to get home from work and have the kids come running. But, but the problem is they don't stay in the daddy phase. They graduate out of it. And so I can go to Guatemala. I went to Guatemala for a week and didn't see any of the kids. And uh, when I got home, it's kind of like I walk in the door and I've been gone a week. And uh, out of my four kids, two of them, because one just moved into the daddy phase. One has stayed there a long time, and I hope he never leaves. It'll break my heart. <laughs> but two of them come running up, and they want to hug me, and they want to wrestle, and they want to play because they just love daddy, and they know they're loved by daddy. The other two, it's like, hey, dad. <laughs> like, literally, voices get deeper. Hey, dad. <laughs> like, you're only 14. How's your voice so deep? But, but, like, I can be gone for a week, and I walk in, and that daddy phase is over. I walk in, and they're like, Hey, what's up? I'm like, didn't you miss me? Not really, you know, but two are still, so there's phases, right? And here's the thing. I love all of my kids. Um, Eli, if you're in here, he's 14. His voice gets deeper. He gets taller. He sleeps later. I mean, I love that kid every bit as much as I did when he was one, two, three years old. My love does not change based on whether he runs to me when I walk in the door. But there is this idea of remaining in the love. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, so I'll, I'll put this on, on myself. I had the best parents. My dad's here, dad, I love you. 
Let me tell you a couple things that dad used to do for me. When I was going to school, we would take brown paper bag lunches every day. You know what my dad did for me because he loved me so much? He would draw something every day on my paper bag. And he is a good artist, so like he would draw these cool things on my bag, or if I had a baseball game and I got two hits, he would write my stats on it and the score of the game. And every day I would go to school and I'd pull out my lunch and see my dad's love for me. Other kids, like I was the only one that had that, and other kids would like come to see what was on my bags because my dad loved me and I loved my dad. Another thing I remember, and we used to, this is when we lived in Texas, we used to go to lunch quite a bit at Taco Bueno. Not Taco Bell, Taco Bueno. The good taco. <laughs> and they had like 39 cent burritos that were made out of like jet fuel, but they were delicious. And I loved it when dad would take me to Taco Bueno during the middle of school. I loved it, it was so great. Listen, I had the best parent. My mom loved me so well also, but I wanna focus on my dad's love for me. And, and here's the thing, like growing up, I knew I was loved and I, I'm sure I went through a daddy phase, but can I just tell you that, that at a certain point, maybe I stopped um, looking at that love the same way. I remember uh, one specific instance where we, I was going to prom with a bunch of people and all of them were gonna go stay the night at the same house, like all the guys and girls, and that was gonna be a lot of fun. And my parents said, nope, you're not staying the night at a girl's house. That was wise, thank you. But at the time, you know, I looked at that and I thought, wait a minute, is that really love? I mean, they're limiting me from what everyone else gets to do. And all of a sudden, it's like I bought into some lies and I walked into a phase of like rebellion where I, I knew, I mean, my parents didn't change, but all of a sudden I got distracted and I stopped relying and I stopped living and abiding and remaining in that love and I, I, I decided I wanted to go find my own stuff and I found pretty quickly that it just wasn't the same. That, that's what we're, that's the picture that's here. Jesus isn't saying, if you stop obeying me, I'll stop loving you. Jesus is saying, I'll love you no matter what, but don't make the mistake of walking away from it. Remain in it, know it, abide in it. Listen, you are loved. As much as my parents love me, I believe that my savior loves me all the more. And it's really easy to buy into the lie that there are other things that are more important, there is nothing more important than God's love for you today. You are loved. And the more we remain in his love, the more we know how he loves us. And this is important, so we're gonna, we're gonna do a little exercise together. I want you to pull out a piece of paper. If there's one in front of you, there's pens, there's paper. If you've got a piece of paper, if you want, you can pull out your phone and you can go into the notes section and write this down. We're all gonna do this together. Come on, don't look at me. I'm not that good looking, let's just, do this with me. You can write it. You can type it in. Whatever's best for you online, you can be a part of this. You can type it in. You can write it on a piece of paper. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to talk about the way that God loves us. So I want you to start building a list right now of how God loves you. You start to use some adjectives. 
think about it. I want you guys to participate. Go ahead and share some of them. This will help each other because maybe you'll, you'll get in little writer's block, but we'll help each other. How does God love us? Come on. Sacrificially and generously, yes. Sacrificially. Go ahead and write that down. That's a good one. Everyone should write that down. How else? Unconditionally, that's really good. God's love is not based on your performance. God loves you no matter what. That's a good one. Write that down. What else? What was that? Faithfully, yeah, absolutely. You can always count on God's love and God's presence in your life. Keep writing. Come on, what else? Patiently, that's one. I'll tell you what. Patiently, I think about that all the time. God has to be really patient with me. Patient love. What was the other one I heard? Endlessly, yes, there is no end to it. Is that what you said? I think it was. Write down your list. Come on, keep going. Completely, yes. I would even say that, another way to say that would be perfectly. You will never find somebody that will love you as perfectly as your heavenly father. Write down perfectly. Make this list. This is important. Any others? I'm going to wrap it up in about 10 seconds. Abundantly. Absolutely. You, you will never be able to grasp how much God loves you. One more. Unfailing. Yeah, there, there is no failing to God's love. Okay, you got your list? You can keep adding to it. It's okay. You can keep writing if you want. Uh, but, but that's the list. It's an, it's an incomplete list. We could go on for a long time, but that's a list of how God loves us. What we just did is we spent some time kind of remaining in God's love, thinking about it, understanding it. Well, here's why that's important. Jesus continues on. He says, remain in my love. You remain in my love by keeping my commands. My command is this, love each other, okay, as I have loved you. Anybody convicted by that? That list that we just made of all the ways that God loves us is the way that we should love the people around us. I'll just start, I don't need you to answer out loud. Are you loving the people around you, your family, your friends, your coworkers? Are you loving the people around you the way that you wrote down on that piece of paper? Jesus says, if you want to remain in my love, keep my commands. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. In Jesus Christ, we have the perfect example of love. If our calling card as the church is our love, Jesus is our example. So that list you made, that's why it's important. I wanted you guys to write it down. That's the list of how you should love and treat the people around you. It's simple. All you've got to do is love others, but it's difficult because that love is so deep. How many of you agree that it's tough to love people patiently? How many of you agree that it's tough to love people sacrificially? How many of you agree that it's tough to love people endlessly? It's hard to start loving some people, but much less endlessly, right? That's how we're called to love others. So is that the way we love each other? Now, if you're like me, you may be sitting there thinking, is it even possible for me to love others the way that Jesus loves me? 
And, and, and I'll say this, I, I don't know that right now you're gonna be able to completely love others as much as God loves you, but I believe we see something in God's word that we are being transformed. So, so last week we looked at the fruits of the spirit, Galatians chapter five, let's revisit those. Verse 22 says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And we talked last week about those are the fruit of character that we will grow in when we are connected to the vine. That's what our life, that's where we're gonna grow. You'll become more patient. You'll become more peaceful. You'll become more joyful. Now, I wanna ask you a, a really tricky question here. It's not tricky at all. What kind of fruit does an orange tree produce? Say it out loud, you're not wrong. Oranges. Orange trees do not produce apples, right? So, so hear me out here. If the orange tree produces oranges, why do they produce oranges? Because it's the very essence, it's the very character, it's the very nature of the tree. So when we say that if we stay connected, we're going to grow in the fruits of the Spirit, what we're talking about is growing in Christ-likeness. As we grow in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and all of those, we are growing to become more like Jesus Christ. The fruit that's being produced is not some foreign fruit. It's the character in the nature of God. Do you get that? We are growing in God's character, in Christ-likeness. So here's the other thing I want you to see. Uh, there's, a, there's a scripture that almost all of you have heard. If you've ever been to a wedding, it talks about love. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's called the love chapter. So we are called to love as Christ loves. The character of Christ are the fruits of the Spirit. Now listen to what, what love is. Love is patient. Have you heard that word before? Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, peaceful. You heard that? It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, self-control. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. So are you getting the picture here? The love that we're supposed to love others with is the same love that's produced by the character of Christ-likeness. So as we're remaining in him, we're growing, we're being transformed into his image, and that's the way we love others. So is it possible for you to love others the way that Christ loves you? Like I said, I don't know that any of us are gonna get there anytime soon completely, but yes, you should be more Christ-like in the way you love others today than you were a year ago. And if you've remained in his love, remained in him, you will grow in love for others. You will bear the fruit of character and love. And so the more we grow in, in character, the more we're prepared to love. Staying connected to the vine leads to growing in the character of Christ, and growing in the character of Christ leads to loving like Jesus. So is that what your love looks like? Are you staying connected? Are you remaining in his love? 
love. Fathers, are you loving your children with that kind of love? Husbands, are you loving your wives? Mothers, are you loving your children? Wives, are you loving your husbands? Friends, are you loving each other? Bosses, are you loving the people that work with you? Is this the kind of love we are showing? Jesus says, if you want to remain in him, if you want to bear fruit, then you have to love each other as he has loved you. And one of the problems I see is that there are people that walk around every day memorizing scripture. There are people walking around every day that come to church and they, they come every week. And there are people walking around claiming the moral high ground. I live better than you all do. But you know what they're not doing is they're not loving the people around them. And if we're not loving the people around us, we are not truly bearing fruit. I'm just going to say something really harsh. If you're not loving the people around you, if your love is not growing in Christ-likeness, you are not a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. You may be growing in that. I'm not saying you're not a Christian, but what I'm saying is that is the evidence of your faith, of your walk with Jesus, that you will love people more. And so we can't sit here and claim to be good people and good Christians and walk out the door and hate the people next to us. There's no room for that. We are called not just to grow in character, not just in morality, not, not just in the, you know, the do's and don'ts. We are called to be a people of love. John 13 says, Jesus says this, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. The most important marker of your faith is your love for others. Not your church attendance, although thank you for attending. Not, not your morality. Not the way you dress. Not even the amount of scripture you can quote. The evidence of your faith, the evidence that you are a faithful disciple of Christ is shown when you love each other. And so here's the thing. Sometimes in the church we, we get convinced that we just, need to, we just need to act differently than everyone else. We just need to, you know, we need to stand for what's right and prove that we're right. And, and we get caught up in all that. We need to have perfect attendance. We need to do all of these things. Listen, th those are, there's nothing wrong with, with living in truth. There's nothing wrong with speaking truth. There's nothing wrong with studying God's word. Those are great things. But the most important thing, the greatest thing we can do for the world is to love each other the way Jesus loves us. The world is sick of seeing Christians who claim something on Sunday that they don't live on Monday. The world is sick of seeing Christians be hateful to other people. There's no room for it. The evidence of our faith is our love. And so today is simple. What we're focusing on is this. We are called to be a people of love. And here's the good news. You just made yourself a list for this week. You just made your homework. <laughs> you didn't know I was going to give you a homework assignment. You have a list in front of you of the ways that, that God loves you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that list, and every day I want you to look at that list. 
And I want you to practice growing in love. I'll, I'll be honest with you and tell you there are a few days this week that if I had that list in front of me, I could think of some specific times that I did not love in the character and the love of Christ. And I'm not saying if you blew it, you're the biggest failure in the world. I'm telling you this, as you remain in him, as you look at that list, focus on the love that God has for you, focus on who he is and how he loves you, and then take that and say, God, transform me, change my character, change my heart, help me to love my kids and my family and my coworkers and, and the, my friends and the people at the grocery store. Help me to love the way you love me. So take that list, and every day I want you to, to use that as a guide. And listen, if you have a bad day, I want you to pray about that. I want you to remain in his love, and, and I want us, I believe God wants us to love overall, to be a people that love unconditionally that love patiently, that love faithfully, people that protect and defend each other, people that encourage each other. Will you do that? Will you commit right now to take that list and say, this week, I'm going to love more like Jesus? If you will, just nod your head. If you won't, you can shake it back and forth and I'll scowl at you. It's okay. <laughs> Worship team's going to come up. And listen, the good news is this. We have the ability we have the ability to show Christ to the people around us. All we have to do is remain in him, continue to know his love, and continue to live in his love. Father, I thank you for each one that's here. I thank you that I get to be a part of this wonderful church family. And I thank you just for the people even every week that encourage me and, and love me more than anything. Lord, I thank you that you love each and every one of us. If there's anyone in here right now, Lord, that would say that, that they don't know your love, I pray right now even that you would just pour yourself onto us, Lord. I pray that you would just open our eyes and our hearts to understand the depth of your love for us, Lord. And I pray that each and every one of us today, whether we've been a Christian our whole lives or whether we were just finding out about you, Lord, I pray that we would know your love and I pray that we would remain in it, that we would know you deeper. I pray you would continue to transform us. Lord, I, I know that you're going to do this work and I pray that even as we, as we get ready to go, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to transform us to be more like you and that we would love the world the way you love us and that people would see you through us. Lord, I thank you that you're going to do this. I pray this week that each and every one of us would remain in your love. In Jesus' name, amen.